I'm actually going to have you be seated for a little bit. We have just a little bit of uh, time before our gospel. We'll do things a little differently. But before we get into the gospel reading today, uh, I want to go back just for a word from that reading from Second Peter. Much like many of our other passages over the past few weeks, Second Peter looks ahead, looks to that kind of promise of the end. And looking to the end, the writer asks, what sort of persons ought we be in leading lives of holiness and godliness? And then the writer of Second Peter looks ahead to that day when God will bring about new heavens and new earth where righteousness is at home. That's such a, a phrase, a powerful phrase that resonates, where righteousness is at home. Where is righteousness at home? And this isn't a kind of like self-righteousness that we're talking about, right? But where is God's righteousness at home? In the original language of the Scriptures, it can also be translated as justice, or a way of thinking about things that are wrong in the world and the ways in which they are made right. Where is God's justice, a right ordering of creation, a right ordering of relationships, where is that at home? Pastor Aaron shared a couple weeks ago that if this is God's future vision for us, and that is also God's desire for us today, it's also God's present desire for us in the ways that we live out our lives. Through the Holy Spirit's work, it's a way that we can build churches where God's justice is at home. We can have homes where righteousness is at home, that kind of right ordering of relationships. And that's the Holy Spirit's work in and through us, where we seek to create communities where God's justice and living in right relationships with people and with all creation is at home. And so as we get into our gospel reading now, we'll hear about John the Baptizer preparing the way for Jesus, preparing the way for God's righteousness and justice to be made known in Jesus. So you can remain seated. We won't do the Lutheran calisthenics thing where it's up and down and up and down. You can remain seated for our reading today, but this is the Holy Gospel according to Mark, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair, with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, the one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie the thong of his sandals. I have baptized you with water but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Now, unlike 
Matthew and Luke, Mark offers no story of Jesus' birth. There's no shepherds or wise men or angels, no Mary or Joseph or manger, none of those kind of classic Christmas biblical scenes. Instead, Mark starts out proclaiming the beginning of good news. The beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. This good news starts not with Jesus, but with a messenger, but with one who prepares the way. John the baptizer will come to make paths straight and easy for God's people to get to know Jesus. John appears not in the center of the holy city of Jerusalem with all kinds of people there who would be prepared for God to arrive to hear the good news. He doesn't show up in the temple where God's presence is promised to be found. Instead, he shows up in the middle of the wilderness. Wilderness often appears in our scriptures, and the wilderness becomes a metaphor for these kinds of troubling times in our lives. These these wilderness experiences, times when we can't really rely on ourselves or what we have, but times where we struggle or we're at a loss. And in the scriptures, again and again, God shows up in the wilderness. God meets us in the hardest times when God is all we have to rely on. And so John shows up in the midst of that wilderness, preparing the way for these crowds of people who go out to see him. John makes straight the path for them to be met by Jesus. Tells them to get that internal preparation going to be met by Jesus. I wonder what sort of wilderness times you found yourself in. And in those times, I wonder what are the ways, who are the people who have made a path for you to experience Jesus' presence and grace in those times of uncertainty or those times of doubt. Pastor Aaron has this story where several years ago she was walking early one morning. It was so early that it was still dark and kind of hard to see. Crossed over the small bridge and stepped onto the grass on the other side of the bridge. It was still dark, so she knew that there was a fence there, but she couldn't quite see the opening. But then she looked down to the grass, and there was this path that had been worn by walkers who had gone Before her, the grass bent in a sort of different way from the people who had walked the path before her. And had not many people walked that path before, it would not have been easy to find. And yet it was there, marked ahead by those who had gone before to help her find her way in the dark. I think we're all here today because of the paths that have been worn by those who have gone before us. We know the story of Jesus' grace because of the path worn, because of the way paved by those who have gone before. Every one of us is here today because someone like John the Baptizer prepared the way for us to know Christ. Might have been a a parent or a grandparent. Maybe it was a neighbor or a friend who first told us the story of God's love for us who first began paving that way for us to know Jesus. 
Maybe it was through how they lived or the things that they did more than it was necessarily through their words. But there are many different ways that people can share their faith. Who, in a sense, was your John the Baptist? Who prepared that way for you to know Jesus? Who helped make that path straight in your life for you to be met by God? And if we think back in our lives, we probably have relationships where in a way we have done that for someone else. We have paid it forward in a sense, right? Maybe in ways that you can name, but maybe in ways that we don't even know or are only known to God and to that other person. It's not just this kind of once and done thing, right? It's something that continues to come up. It's a grace that we continue to receive. But there are people who do that through our lives. I'm here today because there have been so many different people who have made a path for me. And for Pastor Aaron, I know the same is true for her, and I know that because these are her words. <laughs> From the moment her baptism. Sometimes I get so caught up in the sermon I forget I didn't even write this, right? <laughs> it's just so good. <laughs> for the moment uh, that we were baptized, and, and even before, there are ways that people pave a way for us before we are baptized, before we start to attend church, before we do any of that, people pave the way to know God. And when we have a hard time seeing where God is leading and what God is doing, the way that people of faith around us, continue to prepare the way forward, continue to speak Jesus' grace into our lives. It's so powerful the ways that we help continue moving forward in faith, that we help one another and that we are helped by our neighbors. Pastor Aaron tells this great story of a faithful woman in another congregation. She was blessed with great health into her late 90s, so she was still serving on altar guild, preparing communion for her faith community for worship one month a year into her mid-90s. She'd come early to bake pies with the women's group, even ended up uh, on chemo toward the end of her life. She would roll pie dough at home and continue to bring that as a way to be present and serve. She would donate items for the early learning center yard sale. She would come into worship every Sunday pass the baptismal font and touch the water, remembering and giving thanks for her baptism and for Jesus' relationship with her. Her faith community was extremely blessed by her. And the thing is, she became a part of that faith community nine decades before because a friend invited her to church when she was a child. It wasn't her family, but it was a friend. It was a neighbor who prepared that pathway for her, and she was able to prepare a pathway for so many more. Had that invitation never been extended, I think that community might have missed out on something that was a huge part of their life together. Would have missed out on that presence and that love. So who do we prepare a way for in how we live our lives? And how we extend the invitation and how we practice sharing our faith in loving ways and how we pray for one another here, but also out in our day-to-day lives. 
when things are going well and when things are not going so well? What are the ways that we open up pathways? If we go back to the Gospel of Mark, it begins with these words, the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And some have said that that might have been meant as the title of the whole Gospel. (laughs) So that the whole Gospel is just the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. It's John preparing a way for others to receive Jesus. It's the disciples coming to know Him. It's Jesus' acts of power and healing and welcome. It's death and resurrection. The whole story is just the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ. We also know the end of the story. We also know the end of our story. We heard from Second Peter that there will be a day when Jesus will come to earth again and bring about a new heavens and a new earth where God's righteousness and justice are at home. We know the beginning and we know the end. And what may be less clear is the messy middle of the story. Your story, of my story, of our story together as God's people. What might be a little less clear is the part that we are called to play, but every one of us here are path followers and path makers. We follow the paths that others have laid, the good news of Jesus that has been shared in our scriptures, the good news passed on to us from friends and family and neighbors. And we also open up paths for others to know Jesus. We're in the middle of God's story. We're a part of God's promises being lived out and being fulfilled even today. So this Sunday and the next couple Sundays, we have an opportunity to pray for one another and be that presence with and for one another in a very tangible way. So this is where the part of the parts of you who love when suspense pays off, this is the part about the blue candles, right? We have an opportunity over the next few weeks, you hopefully received a, a candle that says, my hope, my prayer and hope is. And I, I want to invite you to write that down sometime over the course of the next few minutes, if you haven't already. Because we're going to bring these prayers forward during communion. And you notice in front of the font there's a little bowl set up there. And so we'll bring these prayers forward, our hopes and prayers of this season. We'll bring them forward and we'll offer them to God. And then as we head out after worship, that bowl will be out there and we'll invite you to take one and pray for that. Pray for the hope and prayer of another gathered member of the body of Christ here together. And pray it over the next week. We're a community that tangibly and truly prays with and for one another for our deepest hopes and longings. So you might pray for healing for someone. You might pray for a classmate or a teacher or a co-worker who's going through a tough time. God knows who these prayers are for. God knows what these prayers are needed. But know that in addition to our prayers that ascend for those we care about, that others will be praying for them as well. I invite you to write down what are your hopes, what are your prayers, what are those things that are weighing on your heart and your mind 
right now. And you can do that knowing that someone else in this faith community will pick up those prayers and will be praying for you this next week, just as you will be praying for someone else. We share the story of Jesus with our very lives, with everything we say and do, with how we do our work, how we use our time, how we live with our families. It's that question that writer of Second Peter asks, is righteousness at home in our home? And how we act in school, how we testify to Jesus' work in our lives, and all these things that we say and do, we lay a path and we make a way for others to know the story of Jesus Christ. As Debbie Thomas writes, like the prophets who came before us, like John the Baptizer and all others, may we become brave voices in hard places, preparing the way of the Lord. Amen.